0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, nahamuduhu wa nassalli ila Rasooli al Amma Amma'ban. Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 25th of February in the year 2024. And Alhamdulillah, is the blessed 15th night of Sha'aban. And in a nutshell, our beloved messenger mentioned that this is a night in which Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He wants to forgive His servants. And it's also a night in which supplications are graciously answered. So if you combine both of those facts, you realize that this is a night in which one should make effort, seek forgiveness, and also make du'a i.e., for the forthcoming year. And of course the du'a which is said on the night of Qadr is also applicable. in which the translation, o Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are the eraser and you love to erase, so please forgive me. Amen. And we moved on to the twenty-fourth night that we're going through illustrious and blessed life of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As. And I've mentioned that he was given the honor of destroying the ancient idol, Sawah. Mm-hmm. The 23rd. The 23rd, sorry, Okay, exactly. So that means it's the 24th yes. of, of February. So, the next section entitled The Destruction of the Accursed Idols, Allah and Uzza. So, after the mother city was taken peacefully, our beloved Messenger had also then given instruction to Sayyidina Khalid ibn al Walid to destroy the wretched idols called Allah Al Uzza. So, what are these idols? After mentioning the sublime journey of our beloved Messenger into the heavens, known as the Mihraj, the Almighty and Glorious thereupon says in Surah An-Najm, Surah 53, verse 19. Have you seen Lat and Uzza? So what's very significant of all the places where does Allah the Almighty and Glorious mention these two useless idols? He mentions it immediately after the glorious ascension of the Prophet As if he was saying, look what my servant has seen, look what he has been honored with. And now as he comes back, this is what he now has to deal with. and Uzzah. So firstly, with regards to Allah what was its origin? In Sahih Bukhari, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he said, Allah was a man who used to mix a week for the pilgrims. Subhanallah. Allah was a man who used to mix a week for the pilgrims. So apparently, this was a righteous man and he used to honor the pilgrims coming to the holy Kaab. In another report, Abdullah ibn Abbas added, عنهم, during the Jahiliyyah, when he passed away, they remained next to his grave and ultimately worshipped him as an idol. This is an Ibn Jareed and Ibn Katir in their respective tafsirs. So, just like I mentioned yesterday about Sawah being a righteous man and eventually he turned into an idol by the machinations of the shaitan. The the same seems to be the case for Allah. He was also a righteous man, but eventually the people ignorantly started to worship him. Notice how history repeated itself with the same trick of the accursed shaitan. And that's why it's so important to study history so you don't fall for the same uh, tricks. This idol was then fashioned into a human form. And it was located in Thaqif of all places. So, what happened? In Ibn Hisham, in his Sida, five three seven to 5.2, half his Waqidi Rahmatullah, in his Al Maghazi, page 968 to 9, Zad Al Ma'ad, 3.26 to 8, Al Rahik Al Maktun, page 448 of the English translation, it mentions Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. he sent some men to demolish the idol called Al Under the command of Sayyidina Khalid Ibn Al-Walid. So what's very interesting, notice how he's now using the new Muslims to deal with these sensitive matters. Amr, who just embraced Islam, was told to destroy Sawa. Al-Khalid is now sent to destroy Lath. The report continues. Sayyidina Mughira Ibn al-Shu'bah, on arrival, stood to its feet, Held the axe and said to Khalid, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will make you laugh at my tribe, the Thaqif. So, Muhira arrives and Muhira was from that tribe. And he basically said to Khalid quietly, Watch, I'm gonna make you laugh. He then struck the idol Lath and pretended to fall down as if struck by a curse. The people of Thaqif trembled at the sight and said, Muhira is ruined. The goddess has killed him. Hearing this, Muhira leapt to his feet الله, and said, May Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala bring shame upon you. Allah is nothing but a mass of dirt and stones, Are you foolish people. Then he struck the door and he broke it he mounted its highest wall and so did the other men. They then knocked Allah down till they leveled it to the ground. They then dug up its foundation, brought out its jewels and garments to the great astonishment of Thaqif. Sayyidina Khalid ibn al-Walid anh, and his group then returned to Rasulullah Wasallam, who distributed them and thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For helping his Prophet and solidifying his religion. SubhanAllah. So Mughira, obviously, very humorous thing he did, but he wanted to get the point across that you stupid people, you think this idol can do anything to me. And then, what's interesting, the idol seemed to be mounted on top of a, a foundation. So they had to climb. And then they knocked it down, they broke it, and under the foundation, lo and behold, they found jewels. And this is what Amr was thinking about. So, but he found nothing. What was done with that? It was brought back by, by Khalid bin Walid and it was distributed I, to the Muslims. Mm-hmm. Ibn Ishaq further clarified, Allah belonged to the tribe of Thaqif in the area of at Banu were the custodians of Lath and its servants. Mm-hmm. This is in Ibn Hisham i Sida, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Tafsir. So now what's interesting. What are these jewels doing under the foundation? So again, it's a money-making scheme. <laughs> Whenever you get these you know centers of shirk, notice there's wealth. What does the God need for with wealth? So obviously, this is people you know using it for their own needs and ends. So this particular idol was in Taif. Hafiz ibn Katir added in his tafsir, the companions, taala anhum, carried out Rasulullah's command, Sallallahu and built a masjid in its place, in the city of Taif. So now when you go to Taif, you see a, a huge masjid. It's called the Masjid of Ibn Abbas. That is where that stupid idol was. <laughs> so he was converted to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one report. So who was responsible for destroying Lath? Khalid bin Walid, Muhida ibn Shuba, and some others. According to other reports, Sayyidina Abu Sufyan ibn Harb had also participated in this. So, this is recorded in Ibn Ishaq ibn Hisham in his 2 237, Ibn Katil Sira, volume 4, page 43 of the English translation. Ibn Ishaq said, when they concluded the matter, the Thaqif returned to their own territory. So, what matter is being referred to? They had become Muslim. So, it was the year of delegations. The Thaqif finally embraced Islam. They've returned. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam thereupon sent Abu Sufyan ibn Harb and Muhira ibn Shu'uba to destroy the idol Allah and they went with them, i.e., the Thaqif. The two men just continued on with others until they arrived near At-Ta'if. There Sayyidina Al-Mughira wished to send Abu Sufyan ahead. But Abu Sufyan who refused this and responded, you go to your people. So <laughs> it was interesting. Mughira was one of this. He was from that tribe. And obviously he was thinking, these people have just embraced Islam. <laughs> and he was worried that if he goes, they might ignorantly think he's betrayed them and they may even attack him. So he told Abu Sufyan, he goes, look, you go forward. So Abu Sufyan goes, sorry. He goes, you go to your people. Meaning, I'm not going to your people. You go to your people. Abu Sufyan thereupon remained on a property he owned at Zu Al-Hadm. So where's this? This is a spring beyond Wadi Al-Qurah. However, he once again joined him when Mughirah had secured protection from his own tribe, the Banu Al Mu'attib. So Abu Sufyani was a bit obviously sharp. He was thinking, I'm not going to enter there unless I'm sure that my life is safe, even though they've embraced Islam. So, what did he do? He waited at a, a property of his, and when he heard Mughirah has got protection, even though he was sent by the Prophet, he then joined. He went into Daif. When Mughira entered the town, he went up to the idol and struck it with a pickaxe. His people, the Banu Mu'attib stood in front of him, fearing that arrows would be fired at him or that he would be struck down as happened to Urwa ibn Mas'ud. So now, stopping the report, we need to explain this. Why did the people of Banu Mu'attib fear for him so you need to know who these people are Muhammad ibn Ishaq said Banu Mu'attib were the custodians of Allah and its servants this is in ibn Ishaq ibn Hisham in Isira, ibn Sida ibn Katir Stafsi volume 9 page 320 of the English translation so you get those disciples so these were the special custodians of Lot. so when he went towards their idol they feared and they thought if he's not struck down by Lot, he will be killed just like Urwa was killed. So, who's Urwa ibn Mas'ud? Urwa ibn Mas'ud, الله, he was the chief of the Thaqif. So, what happened was, to cut a long narration short, he embraced Islam. When he embraced Islam, the Prophet said something very interesting about him. He goes, Those of you who would like to see Isa ibn Maryam, alayhi salatu wasalam, let them cast their gaze on Urwa ibn Mas'ud radiallahu. So this is very interesting Urwa ibn Mas'ud was very handsome he was like Jesus Christ i.e. in his, in his image alayhi salatu wasalam. so he was very handsome he was sent by the unbelieving Quraysh to negotiate the treaty of Hudaybiyah, so he was also well respected by the Quraysh He's embraced Islam. He then says, Ya Rasulullah let me go back to my tribe. I will invite them to Islam. So the Prophet Wasallam he said, I fear for you. So Urwa ibn Mas'ud goes, why would you fear for me, Ya Rasulullah i I'm their chief. Because they love me more than their own family. So when he reassured the Prophet Wasallam, Urwa set off back to his tribe. He then gets, you know, best described like a balcony. He invited his people to Islam. Immediately, was befied at him and he was martyred. <laughs> the Prophet wasallam said he is very similar to the martyr of Surah Yasin. Habib who also gave his life protecting the Prophets. So, what does it mention here? The Banu Mu'attim, who were the guardians of Lath, they thought, oh, he'll be killed like Urwa. So they thought, he, Urwa was got rid of, he goes, if he dares do anything to Allah, somebody's definitely going to shoot Urwa. Uh, um, uh, Mughila, radiallahu anh. The Thaqif women, thereupon came out, with their heads bare, weeping for the idol. And they were chanting, we weep for a protector, betrayed by those accursed. They have not done well in striking her. So it was a kind of a scene taking place <laughs> everybody was you know focused upon their idol that they've been you know paying towards and then the women came out hair uncovered and they're making these kind of poetry Sayyidina Al-Mughir who was looking at the scene he then took the pickaxe and he struck Lot. Abu Sufyan was saying in mockery alas alas for you O oh, Lot." So they're looking, thinking. And why were they looking with that kind of, you know, you know, amusement? Because only the other day they were like that. They worshipped idols. So they were thinking, were we like this? And then what happened? Mughira just struck it and Abu Sufyan started playing, you know, oh, what a misfortune. Joined the women, what a misfortune. When Al-Mughira had finished destroying her, he took all she had, including her jewels, and sent a message to Abu Sufyan, Rasulullah ordered us to settle with Urwa ibn Mas'ud and his brother Al-Aswad ibn Mas'ud, father of Sayyidina Qarib ibn Al-Aswad, for the debts owed them using the money from the idol. And this they did accordingly. So the money was taken, but here it mentions what was done with the money it was to deal with what happened to ibn Mas'ud, uh, Urwa ibn Mas'ud الله, and his brother and to do with their father Ibn Ishaq added, I note that Al-Aswad the brother of Urwa had died a unbeliever however Rasulullah gave the command for this in order to establish goodwill and to honor his son Sayyidina Qadib ibn Al-Aswad so what happened The muni underneath the idol of Lat was used to settle with Urwa and his brother. Father of Qarib ibn al-Aswad for the debts owed. So they owed debts because this will get rid of the debts of the two brothers. One of them wasn't a Muslim. He died as an unbeliever. So why did the Prophet pay off his debts? The reason was his son, who was the nephew of Urwa, Qarib ibn al-Aswad, he was a Muslim. So the Prophet wanted to honor the son. Even though your father died as an unbeliever, I am paying off his debts. Have you understood that? So he paid off Urwa's debts and his brother. So no, the money was used by the Prophet to fulfill their own needs of the people. <laughs> Hafiz ibn Katir added in his Tafsir, Volume 9, page 320 to one of the English translation. <laughs> Rasulullah sent Al-Mughira ibn Shubah and Abu Sufyan Sakhar ibn `anhu, to destroy Allah. They carried out Rasulullah's commands and built a masjid in its place in the city of At-Taif. So now, there's two reports. One mentions Khalid was there. The other was Abu Sufyan. So the simple reconciliation, they were all there. Because in the report of Khalid, it mentions others were there as well. So maybe in that report, for some reason, Abu Sufyan wasn't mentioned. So there's no contradiction. They all had the honor of destroying Allah. <laughs> So now let's turn to Al-Uzza. What is it? Hafiz ibn Jaleed, he said, rahmatullahi aleyh, they derived the name for their idol Al-Uzza from Allah's glorious name, Al-Aziz. Astaghfirullah. Al-Uzza was a tree on which the idolaters placed a monument and curtains in the area between Makkah and Taif. The Quraysh revered Al-Uzza. This is in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Katir in their respective tafsids. So this idol was the one for the Quraysh. (laughs) Al-Uzza. What was it? So again, you know how they're trying to beautify Shirk. So it was basically a tree. (laughs) They put some curtains on it and there was a monument there as well. So you remove the curtains and you see something. That's Uzza. The name, A'udhi Billah, is a mockery of Allah's name, Al-Aziz. Now, what's interesting, what did Abu Sufyan ibn Harb, anh, when he was an unbeliever, what did he call out to Rasulullah at the base of Mount Uhud? He mentioned Uzza. What did he say? So look at these words. Abu Sufyan, don't forget, he's not a Muslim. Rasulullah is safe on the, you know, the face of Mount Uhud. Abu Sufyan said, We have Al Uzza. You don't have Al Uzza. This is in Sayyish Bukhari, Ibn Khatir's tafsir. So that's why he said it. You know, when you look at the seal, you think, Why is he mentioning Uzza? Because that's the idol. And if you think about it, so what? <laughs> you know, keep it. But then the Prophet actually said to Umrah, Are you going to respond to him? And then obviously the narration continues. So now, what happened to this idol? So this is recorded in Nasa'i, in a Sunan al-Kubra 6-474. Behaki Abu Ya'la, number 902, Ibn Kathir volume 9, page 320 of the English translation, and Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 3, page 428 of the English translation. Sayyidina Abu At-Tofel, he said, when Rasulullah wasallam conquered Makkah, he sent Khalid ibn al-Walid, to the area of Nakhla, This is a place situated between Makkah and Ta'if. Where the idol of Al-Uzza was on a brown hillock. So now what's interesting. Lat was in Ta'if. Al-Uzza was on the road to Ta'if. In the area of Nakhla. Adding a detail. Hafiz ibn Sayyid Al-Nas, in his Uyun Al-Athar, page 249, it mentions Sayyidina Khalid ibn al-Walid anh, was dispatched at the head of a detachment of 30 horsemen to the valley of Nakhla. So who was appointed to deal with this silly idol? Al-Uzza. It was Khalid again. Khalid with 30 men. Khalid on arrival immediately cut down the hillock and destroyed the temple over it. <laughs> Another report adds he broke its head first and rendered it into pieces, saying, O Uzza, we reject you, and we do not glorify you. I certainly see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has disgraced you. He then burnt it to pieces. This is in Al-Bidaya, in the chapter on those who died in the year 21 A.H. So what's happened? You <coughs> can see Khalid's anger, because this was their idol. <laughs> so, you know, what would a Hindu do after he embraces Islam? He did exactly that. <coughs> First he rebuked it; it was no honor, no disgrace. Then he burnt it. When he returned to Rasulullah Sallallahu and informed him of the event, Rasulullah said, "Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, go back and finish your mission, for you have not finished it." So Khalid was perplexed. He didn't question the Prophet. He burnt it." Didn't question. He went back. And when the custodians who were also its servants of Al-Uzza saw him, they started hurrying off into the mountains, invoking it. O Uzza, bewitch him. O Uzza, make him naked. Otherwise, die shamelessly. (laughs) So there they are again, the money makers. So they see Khalid, and they go to Uzza, do witchcraft on him, you know, humiliate him. Otherwise, you're doomed. When Khalid approached it, thinking, what's going to be here? He suddenly found a naked woman whose hair was unkempt and she was throwing sand over her head. Khalid (laughs) immediately killed her. And then they turned to (laughs) Rasulullah and he said, That was al uzza, O Khalid. In another report, the Prophet added, "Sallallahu alaihi Wasallam, that was al-Uzza. Never again will she be worshipped in your land." Mm. This is in Ibn Sa'd al page six five seven. Ibn Kathir, volume three, page four to eight of the English translation. So now, somebody goes, "Okay, I kind of get it." He destroyed an idol. He came back. The Prophet goes, "You haven't done your fulfill your mission." And then there's a black woman on naked, and he kills that woman. And he goes, that's Uzza. Who was that naked woman with unkempt hair that Khalid swiftly killed? This was probably one of the mischievous jinn who reside in idols and thus confuse their worshippers by sometimes talking to them or apparently fulfilling their needs. How do we know? Obey Ibn Ka'ab, Radiyal Lanko, he recited this verse, Surah an Nisa, Surah 4, verse 117 of the Balaim Rishidan rajim They, idols you worship besides Allah, invoke nothing but female deities. He explained, every idol has a female jinn within it. Astaghfirullah. Every idol has a female jinn within it. This is in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 21,231. So let's look at this. So Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, He says in His Glorious Book, they invoke nothing but female deities. So That's what the Quran says. They're invoking female gods. Obey Ibn Qa'ab explained, Radiallah, because He goes, every idol has a female jinn within it. It's a, it's a nice location. It's a famous haunt of the female jinns. So, one explanation was that unkempt woman was the jinn. So Khalid went, you know, like, see you later, right? And the jinn dropped dead, right? So that was Al Uzza. Another p- plausible explanation Could be that there were two Uzzas One real, the other fake Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best So now this is interesting Why? Because if you listen to Hindus And those who worship idols They say and they say with such passion That you're They're telling the truth Because the idol spoke to us and you're looking at their countenance and you're thinking, it, it looks like they're not lying. And the response is they're probably not lying. <laughs> so then the response you get from ignorant Muslims, well, idols don't talk. What are you talking about? And he goes, Who says the idols talking? <laughs> and then you think we don't understand. The jinns, the female jinns live in the idols. <laughs> so imagine. You know, Ya Uzza, Ya Uzza, and the female jinn goes, "What do you want?" Next minute, oh, prostate into it, go and slaughter a goat for <laughs> right? So this was probably what the real Al Uzza was, and Rasulullah told Khalid, "Go back. You haven't finished. It. You haven't finished your mandate." So when the Hindus passionately state the gods talk to us, we shouldn't deny that. But we say it's not God. It's a shaitan. <laughs> And what's interesting, the idol is the symbol of shirk. So, where do you think the shaitans are going to live? In the masjid. Right? They look places like that. And they will want them to continue with their shirk. So, they're going to hear their voices every now and again. They leave food for them, the food goes. Because look, our chicken biryani, right? What does your khoda want chicken biryani for, right? So now, what was destroyed first? Al-Uzza was destroyed first. The idol of the Quraysh. Then Al-Lat. So why did I begin with Lat first? The reason is because Allah tala mentioned it first. In Surah Al-Najm, Surah 53, verse 19 to 20, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Uzza." <laughs> Have you not seen Lat and Uzza? But then he says, <laughs> And another, the third, Manat. So immediately after mentioning Lat and uzza, Allah Tala mentions the third, idol And what's it called? Manat. So in brief, what is this? With regards to Manat, the Jahiliya Arabs considered her to be the goddess of fate and destiny. Qadr. Manat was erected on the seashore in the vicinity of Mushallal in Qudid this is between Makkah and Al-Madina seaside like Blackpool all the Arabs used to venerate and sacrifice before us so it was interesting this was a universal God they had their own little gods Quresh and Uzzah, you know Fakifah, you know Lat Qadir was a you know, antibiotic. All the Arabs would venerate and sacrifice before her. She was believed to be the wife of Hubbal. She was believed to be the wife of Hubbal, was that. This is an idol in human form around the Kaaba, believed to control acts of divination. So there was an idol Hubal, next to the Kaaba. And they said this controls, you know, Qadr. Ibn Ishaq clarified, Rahmatullah Ali, Manat used to be the idol of the Aus and Khazraj tribes and those also who followed their religion in Yathrib. This is in Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Kathir's tafsir. So even though Manat was a universal, you know, antibiotic, right, of Shirk, it was specifically honored by Aus and Khazraj. These later were the Ansar. Hmm. It was around the same time that our beloved Messenger mm-hmm. had sent Khalid anh, to destroy Al Uzza that he had also sent another company, Sayyidina Sa'ad ibn Zayd al Ashhhali with a group of 20 horsemen to demolish Manat. Hmm. The mission was successfully accomplished. Alhamdulillah. We don't need to go into details. So another companion was sent, sa ibn Izayd al-Ash'ali, with 20 men, and they, you know, put it to bed. <laughs> Manat. Subhanallah, it was not long thereafter that the entire Arabian Peninsula was purified from the filth of idol worship. <laughs> so why have I mentioned this here at some detail? Because what happened to the idols? <laughs> you know, you're just reading the seed and you think, they just disappeared. <laughs> they didn't just disappear. <laughs> After Makkah fell, that was the most important thing the Prophet had to deal with: get rid of these idols. Who was apparently honored above others, Khalid bin Walid, because he sought out too. Both Amr sorted out saw, and Saad sorted out, you know, the other, you know, spiritual antibiotic. So they were all taken out. And Alhamdulillah, the Arabian Peninsula was purified. So, simply put, after the fall of Makkah, it wasn't long before the whole of the blessed land of Arabia was purified from idol worship. And shortly after that, what happened? They started coming to embrace Islam, the year of delegations. Right? Why? Because there's nothing left for them. The religion has all gone. And Alhamdulillah, they all embraced Islam for most of them. So all I mentioned on this blessed night which is most appropriate the destruction of the accursed idols Allah Al-Uzza Manat and I mentioned uh, Hubal as well which was taken out immediately around the Kaaba when the Prophet entered Sallallahu alayhi are there any questions you like to ask سبحان ابي حمدي سبحانك اللهم ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك و اتوب سبحان على الله الرحمن الرحيم في خص الذين امنوا الصالحات الحق